0: On 104.9 The Horn It is a midweek Movie music edition of Ball Don't Lie On 104.9 The Horn Let's not forget facts That's what hump day means On Ball Don't Lie And Ooh man I know the era, But I Don't have a hint As to what it could be But it's only our first clue So hard, right, Usually you're pretty good at this First clue Being able to diagnose What the uh, What Patrick could be thinking lot of this is Psychoanalyzing Patrick too you Gotta know Patrick really well
1: is this the week that uh, Fast X comes out? <laughs> no. I, man, I looked at those, those soundtracks. They're not great. Not, okay, so that's not They're it. Not great. Okay. Oh, Fast and the Furious. They're, yeah, They're very yeah. of the time. They're yeah. like hip-hop of the time. Mm. So it's all songs that are not hits and didn't necessarily travel. I, I, okay,
2: I, I, so that, yeah, then that's out yeah. for me. Then mm. I got to wait till the next one. Then. Um yeah, I
0: can't imagine Fast and the Furious having great music on its soundtrack. That's not not right now. That's not what it's known for.
1: No, I mean, it is like, it's names you know, but yeah, not the songs you know from the names. Yeah,
0: because I, I, I actually listened to the latest soundtrack because I was like looking for new music. It's yeah. terrible. Yeah. But it probably fits the movie and the scenes and stuff like that, but uh did not appeal to me. I would say this is about Fast and the Furious 10 because i got to watch it because I've watched the rest of them. Yeah, I'm just committed now. Got to watch it. Is there a better bad movie franchise than Fast and Furious? Because we know that Fast and Furious are not good movies. They are they are catered to a specific demographic of people, which is mostly men. It's just a kind of ultimate guy movie, but it's so unrealistic at this point. I mean, what they do it they basically made cars into superheroes.
1: Yeah, (laughs) I mean, it's really because most of those franchises are horror movies, right? So what? you could say, like, Halloween oh, yeah. would be up there yeah. or, or the Freddy movies. Yeah, and Friday I mean, the 13th
0: could be, because yeah. I guess toward the end when they do that, Freddy goes to, Jason, like, Jason goes to space. Yeah. And Jason That's versus like Freddy. like, leprechaun. leprechaun? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they basically start embracing that they know they're a bad movie franchise and go, yeah. you know what, let's just get crazy with it. We're a bad movie franchise. This yeah. is what we do. And I don't know if Fast and the Furious has done it yet. I think they still think they're a good movie franchise. No, no, like, you're a bad movie franchise.
1: Yeah, you make the money.
0: Exactly. But it's on 10, so good for you. Yeah. Uh, someone said there will be eleven. That's what CB says. Yeah, oh, I know it they will. they'll'll they'll, they'll they'll throw out number eleven. They get worse though. As the franchise goes
1: on, and they just add another actor in.
0: They just, oh yeah, now it's Jason Momoa. Yeah, they keep adding like a mus, a big muscle bound actor of some kind. They just keep going from the type, typecast muscle bound actor to typecast muscle bound actor. Yeah. and it's like, who's the muscle bound actor of the day? The Rock. Hey Rock, you want to be a part of our franchise?
1: Hey, He's like, cool. Hey, John Cena's here. <laughs> come on, John. <laughs> hey,
2: yeah, come hey, on in, buddy. You're, you're yeah. Vin
1: Diesel's brother. Everyone will buy it. <laughs> no one really is going. To not believe that. Oh, dude, we should be able to predict who the next muscle
0: bound franchise guy is going to be. Then it's pretty obvious. Oh, you know who it's going to be? Oh, oh,
2: Batista. It is great point. Batista. Batista. Yep, Batista. Batista. He's, the, he's the new superstar. New, he's in the new You know, yes. what? You know
1: what? I bet Zach Efron's going to end up in there because he's getting jacked now. Oh, really? He's getting that jacked. You got to have a lot of muscles he's, he's got and jacked, and so and no
0: then, skinny people. Here. The last was skinny the person no was Paul Walker. Here. He died. Yes. His last yeah. skinny.
2: They got to be swole. Yeah, be swollen. a lot of muscles yeah. remember Tyrese yeah. he swole he's still up in there he got muscles he's still in there Luda maybe even Luda got swole yeah open. he did I was like why is Luda why is Luda stand had muscles?
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Luda's like Jet Li all of a sudden in the movies
2: <laughs> alright yeah.
0: that's enough about Fast and the Furious 10 alright gentlemen y'all gonna talk about the uh, NBA playoffs and the Boston Celtics and them keeping hope alive they did keep hope alive. Uh, a big win in Game 4 for the Boston Celtics. They were down uh, 3-0 in this series and found a way to win in Game 4. And actually, they were down in this game. Yep. They were down 9 at one point. Celtics were down 61-52 um, and then scored 18 straight points to flip the script to get a 9-point uh, advantage um, and basically never looked back from there. At one point, there was one stretch of play. Um, I believe, like a 14-minute stretch where the Celtics outscored the Miami Heat 48-22, to and that was pretty much all she wrote. Yeah. And part of that was in the third quarter where they outscored them by 15.
2: Yeah, I think that was the biggest part about it because every time you look at it and you see exactly how they went about their scoring, it was a balanced attack. It was a very balanced attack. Obviously, uh, Jimmy Butler did his thing, as always. But when you look at this team and how aggressive they were, Jason Tatum decided, I'm about to take over this team. I need to go. This was what I was wanting from LeBron. This was what I was truly wanting from LeBron. Remember, leading up to this, Jason Taylor wasn't even taking shots in the fourth quarter. He wasn't even taking shots in the fourth quarter, nor the second half. LeBron didn't take a lot of shots in the second half then wasn't being that aggressive guy. Jason Taylor, I mean, Jason Tatum decided, yeah, it was time for me to go. Then you look at how he moved the ball around and was able to have the, the presence of getting rebounds and really working hard. That's what I was wanting from LeBron. I know I'm I'm bringing it back to LeBron. You are. I need to bring because yeah. I'm disappointed because yeah. I, this is what I wanted. And my son was asking me this today. DJ was saying, Dad, you said that you really wanted them to win the game because you wanted one more game? Yes. Yes. Nobody in in the NBA, if you're trying to be a superstar, you cannot be swept. I don't care what LeBron's history says, you cannot be swept. Jason Tatum, he was talking about the Mamba mentality and how how, uh, Kobe was his idol, and he spent time with him, and I wanted to work with him. Bro, you cannot – allow yourself to be swept in your career if you want to be put in that upper echelon of people. And I know it's minimal. It's a, it's, it's a non-sweeping type of game. <laughs> but you need to be that guy to show some fight, to show some heart at the end of the game. And that's what Jason did. Yeah, I mean, this one to me was Miami. And that's what this whole series been controlled by
1: Miami. That period where the the Celtics kind of found their groove and took the lead and really ran on it, it looked like Miami was trying to throw the game away. (laughs) Like that's how bad they were playing for that period of time where they were just throwing the ball away. Like it was nothing to go. Part of that's Boston's defense. But, I mean, like they were just making really lazy passes of like looking at a guy and then waiting a second and then throwing a lazy pass over that someone could pick off. Like, yeah, you're going to lose if you play this style of basketball. And I think they've done that in the past. They've gotten away with a few turnovers in the past because Boston has missed shots. And Boston hit shots when they when they got those turnovers. They hit some big threes, mm-hmm. and, and so they got going. Now the problem is, I do not see the Celtics in any shape or form not coming into Game Five extremely cocky and acting like, "Oh, we got we get we won a game. We're clearly the favorites to win the Finals now, right?" <laughs> like because that's kind of how they've been this that entire playoffs, right, though. Yeah. So <laughs> solved I solved it. Finish. <laughs> and, and I mean, in all reality, if I if this is just you, just need to get Jimmy Butler mad again. He looked. He looked. The last couple games looked a little bit more content. He he's not been the same player. And even on that run, he stepped up a bit. Yeah, he didn't. go no. – And he was driving to the bucket, but he wasn't. He wasn't being the Jimmy Butler force on both ends of the court. His offense picked up. His defense didn't really wasn't great. So I, I think you need to get J- Jimmy Butler mad again. Get the Heat <laughs> kind of show him and be like, dude, look how cocky they are. Yeah, like they already like they act like they won the series. You need to not only go in and beat him in Boston, you need to beat him by 30 again. And just embarrass yeah, them go. they were
2: very cocky, like looking at the crowd, telling them to come on. I'm yeah. like, you're what? down Wait three, you're three, three to nothing. You you're <laughs> might win this game. And they were acting too high.
0: Yeah, you got yeah. a long, great,
2: long
1: road to hoe, as yeah, you said. Yeah, there you it know, is. Great Williams, <laughs> Williams had that <laughs> look on his face. like He's like, I told you, Jimmy Butler. And like, Jimmy Butler has owned you. For three games, and now you're like, yeah, man, I had, I had a pretty good second half. <laughs> yeah. Come on, man. Yeah. It's like you got to calm down if you're Boston and and refocus because I, I really – this this all looked to me like it was a bad game for Miami. And Boston looks really confident. I'm like, this could be a bad game five.
0: No, that's a good point because it, really the three-point shooting just swung everything too because yeah. Boston got hot. You mentioned that. Uh, the You look at Boston's players, they 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 made basically the first three games of the series, they made 29% of their three-pointers. They were shooting less than 30% from three-point range. In this game, completely flipped. They're shooting 40% uh, in game four. Um, and you go look at what you got five guys I think that made at least three three or more three-pointers, so it was actually a team effort from behind the three-point line. Not just one guy got hot, even though Jason Tatum, I believe, had five of those. But Miami, 8 of 32 from three-point range. And really, that has been the story of the series. If you go look at the, uh, like I said, the, the 29% uh, shooting from three-point range for uh, the Celtics early on through the first three games, that number was at 47 point, 47% for the Miami Heat. Three point range in the first yep. three games. That's
2: crazy. That's that unbelievable. Is, that's, that is unbelievable, that's especially unbelievable. when you can have those type of numbers. And here's the thing for me, too Boston to me is a team that continues to drive me nuts because of what we saw early, right? You saw the way that this team was supposed to project themselves. You have a guy like Jason Tatum. You have a, another guy that was on the second all-NBA team uh, in, in Brown. He's supposed to be the next-level guy. But they don't even look like they like playing basketball together. And they won this game and they pulled this out. That's the thing that I continue to look at. And people are like, oh, man, look, they they this is going to change the momentum of the series. You're down 3-1. 3-1? Hey, 3-1? Hey,
0: How many people have ever come back from that? Well, nobody's ever come back from 3-0. <laughs> nobody's ever come back from 3-0. Um, but uh, 3-1 hey, you know,
2: maybe is manageable. I don't think it is. You don't think it is? I, I think, I think, I think that, was, that was the pity that I was looking for for the Lakers. That was the pity 13, that I was looking the into.
0: 13 teams have come back from a 3-1 series deficit, and the Celtics have done it twice. But from a 3-0, which they were. They were fighting back yes. from 3-0. Uh, of the 150 teams that have been down 3-0 in best of seven series, zero. Yeah. Zero. That's None what I thought you have come back me. to win the series. But the Kim Kardashian, Nick Minas, Arena Williams size, Cardi B size, Megan, the second size. But um, 40, uh, 44, so 29% of those teams um, have forced a game five, yep. which we're going to get. And 7% of them have forced a game six. And only 2% of them have forced a game seven. So Only 2%? Only 2% of the teams
2: ever down 3-0 have forced a game 7. And and, and if they it's don't three. get that, they we're going to make it go down a little bit more. So it's going to be 1% because <laughs> they are about to not get to that point. Uh, yeah, I
0: don't see it getting <laughs> that point either. I, and I, I like thought this, this of, was
2: fake, fake hustle. I thought this was
0: fake hustle. This te- and it took, to, to Patrick's point, this texture may be onto to something. I think Jimmy want to close it out in Boston. He's that cold-blooded. I think yeah, believe you know, I a can believe it. Like, it can't remember.
2: Guys, we don't want to win it here. And he going to take a knee. it <laughs> <laughs> and he gonna do the tea time. And Baby. he gonna put it on him. I, I, honestly, I, I, player, I, I
1: texted a friend of mine during the game, and I was like, "Does it look like they're trying to like give him ten points so they can come back on him again and beat him again?" It looks like they're trying to be like, "Hey, let's let's let him get up like double digits, and then we come back and beat him in the fourth quarter." It's gonna be hilarious. That's how bad it looked like they were playing. <laughs> in it was that like, third quarter. Yeah, like
0: I said, it, it, they missed a ton. I, I think the number is they missed fourteen of twenty-two shots in the third quarter. They missed twelve of eighteen in the fourth quarter. I and mean, they yeah. couldn't buy a bucket. I mean, that's crazy. So, yeah. Yeah, to the basketball, they just couldn't find their offensive rhythm. But they've been playing like one of the best offenses in the uh, in the playoffs, actually. Yeah. They flipped. They were the one that, they were 20, I think they were 27th. Like twenty fifth or something like that in mm-hmm. offense in the regular season, and now they've been one. They they're right behind Denver. It's one of the best offenses in the postseason. Uh, but anyway, uh, then we'll get back to that discussion and talk some more about uh, the Celtics keeping hope alive. Now down three one in that series versus the Miami Heat. All right, gentlemen, let's get into some uh, NFL news, notes, and nuggets. There's some NFL stories uh, that I want to hit. There's a some, first of all, there's a Davis Mills story out there. I believe we got some audio. of we have some audio of this Davis Mills stuff? He And I don't think this is – I don't know why people are making a big deal out of this, but I saw this at uh, 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 NFL.com. I saw it on Pro Football Talk. I saw it at all the NFL sites, really, that they basically asked Davis Mills about his role with the team. I think it's John McClain, actually.
1: That, that, Sounds that, like him.
0: It's that, Yeah, Everybody knows how John McClain yeah. is. So it, the question is in there.
1: Oh, uh, Davis Mills everything going for
0: you. <laughs> <laughs> that's your John McClain? That's my John McClain. Has McClain heard your John yeah. McClain?
2: He, he's definitely heard my John
0: McClain. <laughs> uh, no, I love you some John McLean. <laughs> and now he's working for, I think, maybe it's gallery uh Yeah, yeah, sport, that's where he's working. Right? Gallery, gallery sports. sports. Uh, yeah. I think he retired then decided he was going to still do it because he just loves it so much and he's good yeah. at it. Uh, but here is uh, John McClain asking Davis Mills about his role with the Texans.
2: When you, uh, you know, you ended last season as the starter and they bring in Stroud as the second overall pick. What do you see your role as now? How much will you help him try to make the transition?
3: Yeah, I mean, I still I'm competing competing for that starting job. I mean, since I've been drafted in the NFL, I've been in a competition. Um, I don't think anything's going to change. But I mean, it's been been great getting to know CJ so far. He's an extremely hard worker, um, and it'll be good to see how we go out there and compete every day and make each other better.
0: Okay, so people are taking this and running with it and saying that basically Davis Mills believes he's competing for the starting job. I don't think – and I know the old George Costanza line, it's not a lie if you believe it. So maybe he believes that he's competing for the starting job. I think Davis Mills is smarter than that, and I think i got a couple of quotes that could back that up. But the truth is Davis Mills, who I believe can be a really good valued backup – But I think they got Case Keenum in there as well. They do want someone to help mentor their young quarterback. And if you want to look at it like, you know, Davis Mills believes that he can compete for the job, but he's not a franchise quarterback, and he was never viewed as a franchise quarterback. And that's the problem with Davis Mills. I'm not saying – I'm not going to sit here and trash Davis Mills, you know, and give – you know, he's 17, touchdowns 15, I'm not going to trash him because he actually played better the year before. And I I think he can be a good backup in the NFL. Um, But he's not a franchise quarterback, and the Texans are looking for a franchise quarterback. And when they draft CJ Shroud that high, I don't know if he's a franchise quarterback. But I always say choosing a quarterback is like choosing a significant other. The woman you marry or man you marry. Not the hottest woman you ever dated or man you ever dated. They're the one that was most compatible with you. To keep that analogy going, basically, Davis Mills, he was a rebound after... Their franchise quarterback, Deshaun Watson, had <clears throat> some off the field issues, all right, and didn't want to play for the Texans anymore. So that was a divorce, if you will, from their franchise quarterback. So the rebound was Davis Mills. Never. You ever had a, re- a, a rebound? You never view the rebound. Now, some of y'all married y'all rebound. Maybe y'all did, all right. But most of the time, the rebound is never viewed as a, a potential candidate to be a long term partner. Their rebound. And oftentimes, a rebound is very different than the person you're in a relationship with, Deshaun Watson to Davis Mills, all right? And sometimes rebound is what you could settle for, Davis Mills. So he's a rebound. C.J. Stroud is now viewed as a franchise quarterback. Is he? We don't know. That's why they're engaged. The second quarterback, the second contract for the quarterback means we're getting married. Yep. Let's get married, yep. all right? And right now, they're engaged. They'll be engaged through this first contract. And hopefully, they end up, you know, signing that second contract. And by the way, marriage is just a contract. All right. And hopefully they get to the actual second contract. The first one, This is the filling out process. They're not dating. It's more serious than that. But they still nobody knows if CJ Stroud is the true franchise quarterback. He's just projected to that. And when you get engaged to someone, you don't know if it's gonna work out. You're just projecting them to be your long term partner.
2: Well, for a long time too, you gotta look at the simple (laughs) fact of Davis Mills have seen people not be ready to come into the NFL and play quarterback either. So Davis Mills is looking at CJ Stroud and saying, Hey man, I'm gonna stick my neck out there. Y'all know why I said that, right? nah, I don't Hey, man, it's, it's been out there. I'm going to stick my neck out it's there and see if I can win this job. You may come in, and you're obviously you're the one that is the high pick, but if you're not prepared to come in here and see what this offense is about and you go out there and play well, then maybe I've got an opportunity. So I'm coming in to push you. That's the job of a backup quarterback. The backup quarterback is trying to make the the starting quarterback uncomfortable. I want you to work harder because it's not your job yet. It may be. We all look at it, and we assume that C.J. Stroud is going to be that because he was the highest pick. He's the number two overall. We get it. But in the reality of it is I want C.J. Stroud coming in thinking, man, I got to put this work in because I'm going to show him what it looks like to be a starting quarterback because I've been it. I have been a starting quarterback. Now we all know what the situation and how it's going to dictate. But if I'm in there, I'm 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 auditioning. I'm auditioning. I don't care who came after me. I'm auditioning right now, and I'm gonna make it very uncomfortable for you to sit here and say, "Man, this dude, his head and shoulders are about." Or what do we always say? If he's even, you give it to the younger guy mm-hmm. because you can develop him. But if I come in there and I play off the charts and I'm pushing it to that point, maybe he can wait until week five, six before I give you the job.
1: If there's a developmental delay
0: yes,
2: yeah, of
1: course. No question yes. about that. Yes. And in all reality, what do you want the guy to say? At 24 years old, you want him to go, dreams dead, guys. Never gonna be a starting quarterback in the league. Not good enough. <laughs> exactly. What do you want him to say? Is he twenty-four years old? He's obviously awesome course to he's going after He goes, man. You know what? I really want to be a starting quarterback in yep. the league. I'm yep. gonna fight my hardest to be it. Agree. If I can't be here, I'm gonna see if I've got an opportunity somewhere else because I want to be a starting. That's what I fought for since I was probably five or six years old. Mm-hmm. Is uh, to be a starting quarterback in the NFL. So I don't. It's not that crazy because I think if you ask pretty much every backup under twenty-five. If they wanted to be the starting quarterback and they're going to fight to be the starter, they go yeah. If you go ask Cooper Rush in Dallas, does he want to work like he's going to be the starter over Dak? He go yeah, I'm going to work like it. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's probably going to happen next week, but I got to be ready to be the starter the second they tell me I'm ready, I'm ready to go play it. So I, I it's not a crazy story in that it's it's what you kind of expect him to be. The reality is when it comes out, if if D'Amico Ryan's comes out and Bobby Slowick come out and they say, well. Davis Mills has really showed us a lot of stuff this uh, offseason, and he's really making this a competition. Then you're like, okay, now we can start to look at this differently because that means that C.J. Stroud's not as ready because I think we've kind of seen where Davis Mills' ceiling seems to be.
0: Yeah, that would freak me out a little bit if that was the statement. Like, no, he's not ready to go. I'm like, uh, don't say that. Just say, no, we want him to sit and watch and yeah, learn. learn. We don't want pressure on them. We're not trying to win the Super Bowl this year. We just want them to sit and learn. We're going with the Patrick Mahomes, you know, kind of uh, theory there. The, the way the Patrick Mahomes was developed was they let him sit for a while and they let the game really kind of in a in a very kind of you know, subtle. A uh, comfortable manner. Uh, they let him digest the game, the NFL game, and I'm not saying that CJ Stroud is going to be Patrick Mahomes. Right. but you want to go through that type of process. So I, I, I and they could do that. It was just interesting that this quote blew up from Davis Mills. I think Davis Mills understands the situation, um, and I, I agree with Patrick. What he's, else he's, he's a smart guy. He's yeah, he went to he's Stanford. from Stanford. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't think, yeah, yeah. yeah, I don't think he is. And, uh, and by the way, backup quarterback, he's going to play. For sure, it's the NFL. Only 10 quarterbacks in the NFL, only 10 of them, played every game last year for their team. And
1: let's be be honest, he's he's also competing for the backup position because Case Keenum is also a good quarterback and has less interceptions normally, so maybe a more apt for a short-term solution is, hey, let's put in this guy who we feel is going to control the game a little bit closer to how we want it. So, I mean, he's, in all reality, we can say that quote's silly because he may not even be the backup. Next year Case Keenum could be. You know what? That actually that probably is the more astute point to make.
0: Is that you know, in that, yeah. in that case of the Texans though, you do want Davis Mills to uh increase his valuation, yeah. if you will, because you want to trade him. Yeah. You know, you don't want two guys like that that are your backups because basically you want them to be veterans who are willing to mentor your young quarterback and that they, their ego doesn't get in the way. They know they got to win two or three games a year potentially, yep. and they're focused on doing that. And I agree with Patrick. I think Case Keenum's a better option if that's going to be the as – as your you know emergency backup to do that. So, yeah, Davis Mills might end up being traded. And I think some teams probably are still hiring Davis Mills to be their backup. Backup's becoming really important in the NFL um, a lot of teams now are starting to invest in it because you're looking at the numbers. You're playing one more game, and only a third of the NFL quarterbacks are starting every game. And you just need them to win one or two. Those one or two games could be the difference between you making the playoffs and missing the playoffs.
1: Yeah, yeah. and there's still a few teams out there that have questionable starters that going into week three or four, you'll be like, oh, yeah, yeah that experiment didn't work out. So like Tampa Bay, you could already be on your third quarterback going into week five. Mm, i mean no you're not i'm not saying that to to take a shot at baker mayfield it's true but i'm saying it's a possibility we have seen this in the past with baker mayfield and with and with like there could just go hey man Baker's not winning us games we really need something we need we need a higher ceiling baker's not bad we just need a higher ceiling guy right now because we don't have anything else on this team Mm -hmm. and so they go with the younger guy and then the younger guy okay well his floor is He's got real low floors, so Man. let's go bring in somebody else.
0: Might as well start tanking then. <laughs>
1: hey, you know what? Davis Mills can help you with that. No, he hey. can't. He screwed up the tank. No, he, he didn't. That up. wasn't him.
0: Yes, that it wasn't him.
2: That was. He converted like a fourth and like 20. That is not him. Guys, that he, was the other team's defense not stopping him. Guys,
0: he converted two
2: fourths and long. Hey. He knew he wasn't the chosen quarterback. I swear. He I w- was trying to get picked up by another team. Kn- let's not hold it against him. Nah, hold it against his neck. <laughs> <laughs> Still, it's uh, not his fault. you fault. it's not his fault.
0: All right, uh, let's, we, got, we got a special guest coming up on Horsetock Life. What
2: you got for the people? We got the Westlake head baseball coach as they go on to the next round as they get ready to take on Eagle Pass. We have the head coach, JT Blair. Coming on next. All right, uh, we got uh, some hardball with my man Hardball coming up for Hard Knock
0: Life right here on Ball Don't Lie Wonderful 104.9 The Horn.
3: Ladies and gentlemen, guys and dolls, the main event of the evening for your entertainment and pleasure.
2: Mike, you have to be so combative. Now, I probably wouldn't say this in front of folks, but in front of y'all, i speak my man. He emotional anger issue problem. Hey, are you
3: Dirty Mike and the Boys? I'm Mike Lowry. Michael! Oh, that's funny. Michael,
2: Welcome back to a midweek movie edition of Ball Don't Lie. It's your boy, Harbaugh Hards. We still don't know what the movie is because we've had so much happening that we're going to be moving around. I'm not sure what it, the movie is going to be, but I will make sure that we get it to you. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Hards. You can follow my man Rob Babers at Rob Babers. And, of course, you can follow the man behind the glass at It's Patrick Davis, we love it when you're a part of the show, so hit us up on the Specs text line, 512-337-3776. And joining us on the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina Highline, he is the head coach of the Westlake Chaparrales as they go on in the playoffs as they get ready to take on Eagle Pass, they got a school record thirty six wins, and they just defeated the Round Rock Rock Dragons in the best out of three series, going two and three. I mean, going two out of three, winning at home on Friday night, and of course winning Saturday at uh, uh, Concordia High. I mean, University. My man, JT Blair. What's up, Coach? Coach Blair, you there?
3: Yeah. You there?
2: We here. What's up, Coach? We are here. How you doing? You got me?
3: We got gotcha. you. Oh good. I got I just went through the carpool line at Hill Country Middle School. I got my daughter in the car. Say hi. Hey. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Well, she, Co- can't be- she can't believe her old man's on the radio. I know wow. that's right. Old well, her old man, <laughs> hey, her old man
2: has f- won the way to the radio because you have continued into the playoffs. You guys beat Round Rock two games out of three. The first game you lost one to nothing, which was a tough. Hard fought game came down to the very last inning, but then you got them at home and you won five to one. And then you went over to Concordia and ended up beating them seven to one. And this was one of the most highly contested games that, uh, or series that everyone was talking about. I mean, the entire Central Texas area was excited about it two of the top 10 teams in the state of Texas and of course the country. And you guys came out to prevail. Talk about your pitching and what they were able to do, because when you think about it, you only gave up what? Five runs, four runs in the entire weekend. That's at three six, runs, three
3: runs. That's exciting. You know, uh, our, our starters, you know, uh, chance covert started on, on Thursday night. And, and by the way, What an atmosphere at Round Rock. What an atmosphere at Westlake on Thursday and Friday. But, I mean, just the electricity in the ballpark. I mean, you know, crammed as many people as as we could in there. I mean, it was unbelievable. But, you know, back to the starting pitching, right? I mean, Chance Cobray throws on Thursday night. He matches uh, uh, Sakura. up, you know, pretty much pitch for pitch. And and Sakura was great, by the way. I mean, but but so was Chance. I mean, Chance was great too, and um, you know everybody talks about our bullpen, right? And and both both Chance and um, uh, Brady, you yes. know, both Chance and Jack Brady on Saturday. Man, they're tired of hearing about our bullpen. You know what I mean? They're tired of hearing about how good how good our bullpen is. And they were like, "Hey, flip me the ball and let's go, and and let's see how far we can go." And they and both of them were great. And of course, Duval was great on Friday night too. You know.
2: And Duvall is one of my most interesting players that I've seen because the guy can pick it, he can hit, but he's also one of those guys when you give him the baseball and he has his breaking ball going it makes his fastball have that much more life, the last two outings that I've gotten a chance to see him late in the year, he's come in and dominated. Talk about that young man and what he brings to that team because every team is looking – for that number one and number two, and he's always answered the bell every time you've asked of him.
3: You know, he's a great player. Uh, you know, he's he's one of the most versatile players I've ever had. He could play shortstop. He could play third base. He could play second base. We put him behind the plate when he was a sophomore. I mean, he could play in the outfield, but really what he is, he's a dog. And I know Rod loves that. You know, he starts talking about dogs. Right about that, I mean, Coach. They, you know, everybody thinks Everybody thinks Westlake kids are soft or whatever. You don't win three state championships having soft kids in football, right? Oh. <laughs> you, don't win, you, don't, you don't win seven straight uh, state championships in golf. Hey, shout out to Coach Noakes and the golf team, right? Without having some dogs, some tough kids. And, you know, we have tough parents. We have a tough community. And, and we have tough kids at Westlake. And that's what you saw this weekend. And Duval exemplifies that, man. He is a tough kid. He's a dog.
2: And talk about the performance by... uh, Chance Covert. You talked about him and him being the guy that gets the ball first. He came out and he was struggling the first two chances that he had. No pun intended on Chance. But uh, he was struggling a little bit in his first two appearances in the playoffs. But that you said it. He was going up against Travis Sequoia and what he was able to do. He went out there and had pitch for pitch. Did everything that he needed to. Had his curveball working at a very high level. He pitched probably one of the best games that I've seen him pitch all year.
3: You know, he threw a midweek bullpen on Tuesday, and I go to our pitching coach, Tyler Vell, and I said, hey, how was it? He said, that's the best I've seen him, and he's going to light it up on Thursday night. And he did. That's what he did. You know, he was great. He kept them off balance. He threw his curveball for a strike whenever he wanted to. And when he does that, he's really effective.
2: No doubt about it. I wanted to ask you about the performance by Beatty on on Saturday, too. I mean, the atmosphere, you talked about it, it was an electric atmosphere, uh, very intense because they everybody knew the winner of this game was going on to the next round and he matched pitch for pitch and play for play, came up in situations where they were some very uncomfortable situations a lot of times for him on the mound, but he was able to deliver pitch after pitch, and of course course, you could talk about the defense behind you guys because it's amazing to me, and I always talk about this, everybody always has offense, but when you're pitching and your defense is in sync, you have a chance to move on every time, especially at this level, and that's what he was able to bring for you. I think he had, what, 10 or 11 strikeouts in that last performance?
3: Yeah, he did. He had 10 Ks in that game and you know, he's a guy that pitches with a lot of emotion. I mean, he'll, he'll strike somebody out and pump the fist. He'll strike somebody out and flex. I mean, he's kind of one of those guys that when, when he's feeling it, you just got to let him go. And that's what we did. You know, man, we have, we have a, a great bullpen that we're all sitting over there and, and, and wondering when, when they were going to get in. And he, and he wasn't going to let me take the ball out of his hand.
2: Yeah, I saw him running back and forth to the bullpen because I was on the first base side and I, I saw him going back and forth and I was like, okay, he's staying warm because he does not want to come out of this game. Well, you guys end up winning the game and now you advance. You start tomorrow night. You take on Eagle Pass in Eagle Pass. Then on third or Friday, you guys are back at home, two o'clock uh, first pitch at your stadium. And if there is a game three it will be played an hour after right after the game what what should everyone know about eagle pass and what you've seen for them on take
3: hey they're good you know they they're they're well coached uh they're fundamentally sound they've got a shortstop it's one of the best defensive shortstops I've seen this year they've got a center fielder that can really go they've got two good two really good arms on the mound i mean it's going to be a tough series and uh you know coach mendoza uh, does a great job with those guys. And it's going to be a good series, guys. I mean, that's what everybody can expect.
2: And that's what everybody is, is expecting. We're cu- we're talking to Coach J.T. Blair, head coach of the Austin-Westlake Chaparrals. Coach, uh, where does everybody need to go to make sure that they're listening to the game or if they want to come out to the ballpark? I know a lot of people aren't making that trip to Eagle Pass, but uh, at least when you come back home on Friday, 2 o'clock at your stadium, what should everybody expect?
3: Well, you, you, if you came to our, our stadium on Friday night, it was a packed house, right? And, uh, you know, school's out at two o'clock on Friday, school's out at the elementary schools. I mean, we're all, I mean, it's going to be a packed house. It's going to be an electric atmosphere. Our, the Westlake Nation is going to be there. It's going to be crazy. And, um, you know, I, I'm looking forward to, to, uh, some really good games this, this weekend. And, 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 and to be frank with you guys, man, this is going to be a great series. We can't,
2: we can't yeah. wait, and we're all excited about it. And I hope that uh, you guys continue to, to have this road to a state championship. You've got, what, 23 seniors on this team nice. that have just graduated, and uh, now all it's about business and all about taking care of what's in front of them. Best of luck to you guys, and we can't wait to have this conversation again next week.
3: Mike, I'm looking forward to seeing you guys at the at the ballpark, man. Come on out. Get you some get you some peanuts and a hot dog, man. It's gonna be on. I can't
2: wait. <laughs> I can't wait. Thanks, Coach Blair. There he is. Head Thanks, coach. coach of the Westlake Chaparrales. If they get ready to play their next mm. round against Eagle Pass. They travel down to Eagle Pass that game tomorrow at five o'clock. And then on Friday, first pitch, two PM here in Westlake. Yeah. So, and then what would the uh, what would the actual third game be if they needed? To it's, it's right there. It's right after the game. Oh, really? It's that the, they have home field. Oh, advantage. so they would do it right after yeah, the game. They oh, would man. do it right after okay, the
0: game. There you go. Yep. Um, all right. Hopefully, uh, they don't need that. No doubt about West it. Westlake takes care of business. Like they take often care of do. your business. <laughs> all right. We got off the record. Uh, thanks to Coach Blair. We got off the record. Coming up next. Uh, apparently, Roger Goodell has uh, he has. Uh, Fan the flames of a conspiracy theory that took the NFL by storm last season. Uh, So now it's made it all the way up to the top executive level of the NFL. Uh, We'll play that sound for you, that audio, and also get into uh, celebrity passing today. Tina Turner passed away today uh, right before the show came around, uh, an hour before the show. Uh, So we've been talking about that, and we'll discuss that as well And Off the Record. Right here on Ball, Don't Lie on 104.9 The Horn. D mega doodoo I'm sorry mangoodoo.
1: once it's turned on the sign will spell out Deli cat Essen well I don't day breaking day and cold well,
3: congratulations continue good sex in the sex in the big East thank you Jimmy and boom goes the dynamite it's time for another edition of off the record do it live I can I'll write it and we'll do it live and thing sucks
0: All right, welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. Time for another edition of Off the Record. Uh, got a couple of stories if we have time for all of them. We got audio uh, first to play with this uh, first Off the Record topic. So everybody last year uh, made fun of or mocked. Hell, maybe some people actually believed it. When Arian Foster uh, went on uh, the pat podcast, I think it was with uh, like, Pro Football Commentator, Pro Football Talk Commentator. You know this guy? PF commentator
2: I know what you're you know talking, what I'm talking about, about? PFT, commentator. PFT
0: commentator yeah. um he actually has a podcast I believe and I think he went on there and um and Falster uh and 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 the PFT commentator guy they, it was a bit I, I I believe it was a bit I think we confirmed that it was a bit from them but they did a bit about they con- a a script an NFL script if you haven't heard it is from like a b- last football season
1: but here's the audio it's funny before we started taping our taping uh, Aaron was telling me about how the nfl is rigged and how every year he used to get a script yeah day one of training camp that would mm-hmm. get dropped off at his locker mm-hmm. and you would have to you know it was like week one you'll do this week two you're gonna have a hamstring injury week three this is gonna happen yeah week four you're gonna get three touchdowns mm-hmm. and so then you just have to did you memorize those Before the season started, would you go and rehearse the script before every game? Uh, We were really dedicated to it. So it was more so like um, that's
2: what practice was about. It was about practicing the script. Like this is what goes on and this is what we have to do Mm -hmm. in order to.
1: And this referee is going to miss this call because yeah, they really, hate you yeah. and they love the cults yeah, like, that sort of thing
2: uh wwf so it's like you yeah know, we know what's gonna happen but you still gotta put on a show
1: yeah
3: what did you think when you got the script in 2016 that said your career was gonna fall off a cliff when you stopped believing in god
1: that was 2015
3: <laughs> yeah. Uh, so- yeah
0: okay um seems like they're obviously having some fun there well it became a kind of viral sensation that audio and people started having fun with You know, making memes and making GIFs about the NFL having a script, and then they would comment about it doing games and stuff like that. So it made NFL Twitter really fun. Well, apparently it's made its way. This is how you know the the joke is probably now officially dead. It's made its way all the way up to Roger Goodell. So apparently Roger Goodell was speaking um, at the meetings. They're having their their, their meetings right now, the spring meetings, and he was speaking to a group at the spring meetings. This was on NFL.com, by the way. This was on their Twitter account.
1: No, this was, but it was not. It was at a live taping or a live podcast of the Kelsey Brothers podcast. Are we sure? He was on the stage. He was. And if you read the thing behind him on the stage, it says live.
0: Oh, it's like a show for them.
1: Yes. So it was a live taping, I believe, in Kansas City. Okay. Oh, Uh, was it for the draft? It might have been during the draft, but it was like, but it's their podcast. And it's like a live show. There, because podcasts do live shows now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that. But that's what this is at.
0: Okay. All right. That, make, that makes a lot more sense then. Uh, so Roger Goodell speaking to a group of people, and he's got jokes about the, the yep. NFL's uh, script and conspiracy. Here it is.
3: And this all started last season when the NFL script writers and I Decided. Thank you. This a pretty good script this year, wouldn't you say? You go, you but we got together and we decided that two brothers should play each other in the Super Bowl. So, not yet. So when the Bosa brothers said no. I said, well, I guess the Kelsies will do. So we got the Kelsies. All right.
0: Um, he, listen, I, I'm sure he's having a lot of fun with it. Like I said, now it's officially dead as a topic. It shouldn't be going viral and maybe all the memes and stuff will go away. Um, some people actually believe that the NFL is actually rigged, though. There's people that actually do believe. I don't know if they believe it. that's the script. They do believe it's rigged, though. So I am not one of those guys. There's some people that believe like a lot no, of sports I, is a really lot tough. of my
2: friends yeah. that I deal with every mm. single day via uh high school college pro they all talk about that, and yeah. I'm like, "Come on, man!" Yeah, no, no, I. I We've all my, played sports. I played, and trust me, there's no script. There's no <laughs> yeah. script, and if I, I a, wasn't Rod fortunate his, enough to be the one that may, was part of the cast, yeah, I guess I was, you. Would maybe, say. I was, maybe I was maybe I was an extra. <laughs> yeah, so that, right, I was so bad I didn't even get a script. as like, right? an extra.
1: Right, right. I didn't believe it. Right, got a script after he got drafted. Is like.
0: Um. Really? Yeah. <laughs> you know, this is oh, my. Nice. This is my career. <laughs> have you guys got? Have you guys seen that? Uh, the reality. It's not a reality show. It's kind of a gimmick show. It's called Jury Duty. I I've, believe, I've
1: seen the premise of it.
0: Yeah, and it, basically it's one guy that doesn't know that it's a hoax it's and like a joke. The, the
1: Joe Schmo yeah. Show.
0: Yes, and everybody else is kind of involved on it, and it's a fake jury, and they got you got him deliberating all that kind of stuff, and it kind of like, basically that's basically what my NFL career would have been like. Just, if, it, if if it was rigged, it was I wasn't in on it. I, I was like the Joe Schmo, the jabroni.
1: Yeah. Neither uh. neither was Antonio Brown because that dude would have told us <laughs> so many times by now. Yeah. What
0: do you Think Aaron Hernandez said about the script when he got it.
1: Exactly. Ooh, guys.
0: Tim Tebow want to (laughs) trade? Tim Tebow want to trade? Hey, those guys were teammates.
2: Yes, I know. I'm aware. Uh, By the way, wow. With uh, Percy Harvin and the Pouncy brothers, I know they were all on the same team, and Tim Tebow was their quarterback. I like. To, <laughs> I'd like to think that honestly they would have they that they would have went off
0: the rails and imploded, um, oh if goodness. not for Tim Tebow and his holy ways being. Oh there. man, that
2: would have been. Yeah. Wait, who's it? Who's the coach on the team been,
1: again? Who is the coach? Urban. Oh yeah, yeah Wasn't was was it, it a very unsavory here? person who exactly. probably lied to Tim Tebow every day and was like, "What are they doing in that corner, Tim?" Tim, those guys are praying. <laughs> They're just praying over there, Tim. Yep, uh, go, but they don't like being praying with other people. Like you got to uh, go over here. There needs to be a documentary
0: made about Tim Tebow and his impact on that team. Now, considering in retrospect what we know yeah. about the all these the unsavory characters, yep, and the duplicitous uh, personas involved with that Florida run. Because you're right now no looking back doubt. at Urban Meyer, we like Urban Meyer. Not the necessarily the greatest uh, character coach. He's a great. He's a great football coach.
2: Well, he's In not somebody that you wanted to be on the character uh, guessing situation. Yeah, he would never have been the one that you're like, hey man, well, let's see what he thinks. Mm. Uh, no, yeah. No, it's interesting that, that, that Tim, Tim Tebow, man, he he
0: he was around all of that. Yes, and I, I wonder if he and he never would, but I do wonder his old age, like if he, in years down the line, not nineteen right now, because he might want to run for office later. Um, did Tim Tebow be willing to talk about his time at Florida? Yeah, n- make it
1: back, I think he needs. To, I think he needs to write you know, a book about. I feel it. like I feel like he would say it with such sunny, like happy disposition, it would be terrible. Like where you'd just be like, those guys were trying their best. You know, they had some flaws, but but in God's eyes we're all we're all angels. So guys, I think that you know, you just have to look at the positive side of it. And we won a lot of games like Tim, not the book we wanted. I know, didn't we find out that Andronette is like like shot a guy from the club that they used to to go to?
0: In
2: Florida. In Florida, yeah. Yes. Yeah. In the face. Yeah, in the, in the face. In the face. Yes, yes. Yes.
0: Oh, man, that is a crazy story. All right, uh, we'll get back to Big uh, back on the Rails here and get back to some uh, Texas baseball conversation. We'll review that mm. Texas baseball matchup versus Kansas, losing that one 6-3. to three. And then we'll also uh, review a little NBA discussion. And that's also an Athlon Sports preseason All-Big 12 team that I want to get to and talk some uh, college football. All that more right here on Ball, Don't Lie. Wonderful. Nothing, Horn.